0: are now listening to real talk with mr q the war machine welcome back everyone thank you for joining me for another episode of real talk i'm your host mr q the war machine and I have a lot on my plate to talk to you about in this podcast, so sit back and relax. Get your pens out. Get your thinking caps on, as my teachers used to tell me, and your ears open. Because I'm going to drop some stuff on you that you need to hear that <laughs> that I found out this morning. First off, I want to talk about the Senate race in Mississippi. Mike Epps didn't get it. The racist trick got it. And it wasn't no surprise, but, you know, again, three strikes, you're out. From Mississippi to Alabama, Florida, struck out. And black folks, this ought to be a sign to let you know that the political process for you and I are broken. And you go in there wasting your time, as I sit here and said, talking power to idiots or empty-headed people without any real money. Or without any real say so in this country, you basically just sitting, just floating around here, just here, and it just it is what it is. People, Mike Epps just had his, you know, he didn't he didn't lose bit and lose badly, but excuse me, he did he did lose, he lost. Andrew McGillion lost. Stacey Abrams lost. And I'm wondering, is the Democratic Party going to come to Mike Epps and say, you know what, Mikey, old boy, you know, since you've been a good Negro working in the Clinton administration and all this good for us, we're going to set you up for a presidential run. I wonder if they're going to do that. Because they sure they picked that goofball out of Texas who ran against Ted Cruz. I can't even pronounce that dude's name. But they're grooming him to be a 2020 presidential candidate, and I said that in my podcast, they picked the other man and not you, and I meant that they picked this dude, not you, so this is another blow to the face to you empty-headed black people out there who keep saying, go vote, go vote, vote, change stuff, you know, vote only change stuff when you got M-O-N-E-Y, money to change it, and hey, when y'all figure that out, (laughs) call me. This ties into another story, and I just got this story uh, prior to coming in and doing this podcast, and it's about a report that I posted on my Facebook and Twitter report, and you can find this and Google it, called The Devaluation of Assets of Black Neighborhoods by Andrew Perry, Jonathan Rothwell, David Hasenberger from the Brookings Institute Metropolitan Policy Program. And I haven't read it, but I just saw the interview that Mr. Uh, Perry was giving on MSNBC talking about the devaluation of the black community. Now, people, you heard me talk about this in my own home state, in my own home city, Atlanta, how gentrification has started going into the black community in the northwest side of Atlanta. More houses and all that over there is being changed, they're changing the roads North Northside Drive. You know, To my listeners in Atlanta, you know what I'm talking about. And to the people who used to live in Atlanta, you know what I'm saying. And you see all of this gentrification. So Mr. Perry was talking about with a dude on uh, MSNBC uh, <laughs> about the redlining and how redlining was out uh, illegal against things, but they still practice it. And how banking systems or banking institutions are coming up with a fair thing, but it still devalue the price of the black homes. And see, our family, our grandparents and great-grandparents always told us, if you never heard that, had that speech, you are, if you a fool, my grandparents, and in some way, if you didn't heard it from somebody, said, look, own land. Own land. Get your house paid off because that is your wealth. And in this, in, in this bookings uh, report, Mr. Perry and his colleagues showed that racism and racist practices have devalued black homes for many years, even though they've been paid off, and especially among black communities. That's why you see black communities going down and uh, people basically lending homes you know, be dilapidated and what so forth and whatever. And it's also city policies as well. So this is it's it's working against us, people. It's working against us. Even the metropolitan or uh, the municipalities that these black communities are in are really working against you. Hmm. Yes. Uh my neighborhood that I was raised up in has was hard hit. When I went back, I went back to Atlanta twice, and I saw homes, people listen to me, I saw homes that I was able to walk in, and when I sit here and tell you that most of the homes in that neighborhood or in that circle of black people, I damn near if not seen inside my body was in there. I touched them. I seen them homes boarded up, gone, families. People who used to keep their yards looking pristine, gone. Gone. You hear me, people? Gone. And this is because of stupid policy and also how we don't appreciate what we have. And these folks didn't have a lot. Rest assured, these folks did not have a lot, but they built communities up. I'm going to throw this school out here. I know if someone probably mentioned you remember Anderson Middle School used to be Anderson Elementary. That school right now is boarded up, gone, just sitting there, rotting, deteriorating people. you know what I'm saying they doing this, and they sit here and how the banking system set things up. you know how they really value your home. I'm gonna give you the logistics of how they do it. they value based on. Amenities, how many stores you have there? Is there eateries there? What's the school system like? Is your parks kept up? That's how they value your home against other homes or similar home. And spent and also the year it was built. And some of those homes in my neighborhood was built bro 1940 something, 19 around 1940, 1940 uh 55 1930s some of them some of these were born around uh was built around 1960 so these was an older home but it was big inside and these people my grandparents built their home my dad's parents helped build his home those homes are not in our possession anymore because hey you know folks sold them the neighborhood went down everybody moved out so, uh, it, it, it just, it goes to show people that you can say, you know, you know, our ancestors, our people who, our grandparents and so forth, they knew better than what we did. But the powers that be, the banking systems and so forth, had railroaded a lot of things. That's why you used to hear black banks say, put your money in black banks, because in this, in, in this report, it admits the whole thing of what you probably heard once before, that us sticking together, building with one another, and putting our money together gave us power. And white institutions knew that. That's why they devalue the property. Banks like Citizen Trust, that's out of Atlanta, all these black-owned banks and all these black-owned credit unions Go in there and talk to them. They'll tell you the same thing. They're not lying. This report confirms what they've been saying. When you put your money in your black community, you stay there, you build it up, and you show that you want to stay there and put stuff in there, you don't have to have the same thing. Just build up what you have. They know that. That's why they come in, they gentrify the whole damn neighborhood. And I just wanted to bring that to you people because I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna read this report thoroughly. I sit and listen to the interview. It's very interesting, and I'm gonna uh, post that link of that video if I can find it on my Facebook and my Twitter page and let you listen to Mr. Uh, Andrew Perry talk about the how neighborhoods pulled together, even in in diverse uh, in diver- in diversity or uh, uh, adversity. I'm say. and. They still was devalued as below certain things. Certain, even when they put up stuff, they still was devalued. And I sit here and I said this, people, we have to have power. And they showed it also the thing about generational wealth. Black people, great-grandparents and so forth, believe in generational wealth. And they believe if you own property and you passed it along, then value will come out of it. Don't you know? The white institutions and white banks know that, hey, if it's there, they're going to devalue it because they already know that you don't have nothing there. And to all the people in Atlanta who's doing this, you are sitting on a gold mine. Get your lazy asses up and fix up your goddamn community. And stop letting these crackers come in here telling you that you don't have anything. Because you have a lot of stuff there. And you got to fight for it. Take your ass over to Lowe's, Home Depot, somewhere. Get you some can of paint. Get you some wood. If you don't know how to do this shit, find somebody else to do it. Fix up your home and your community and your neighborhood, block by block, and keep it. Because they're moving in. They're taking over. And you're getting put out. And then when you go into communities or neighborhoods where they were, They're not playing it, and then your ass gets shot up. Then you wonder, why is this happening? Because you didn't keep your own community. You didn't keep yours. I mean, I'm serious. That interview is very something that you need to look at. And you need to get that report. Again, the report is the Devaluation of Assets of the Black Neighborhood. Get that report. It's on PDF. Print it out. Read it. Read it for yourself. Because I got my report right in front of me. I'm going to sit down and read this right after I get through doing this podcast. I'm telling you, some of the stuff in here I already knew, but I need to learn some more. Got to get deep into it. Telling you people, these elections that pass, all tied to things about power and wealth. It ain't got nothing to do about your rights to vote. It got something to do with the money that you got in your pocket. And are you willing to will it to do what it needs to do to straighten up things and build things for you and your people? You ain't going to do it. <clears throat> Don't think <laughs> Shay Whitey and them are going to come in and do it for you. They're not. They're going to sit back and wait and wait you out. And they'll wait a long time until they can get that stuff dirt cheap. And then they'll move right on in and change the name. And they have changed certain names in my neighborhood. Are not the same anymore. They go by something else. They're changing and gentrifying the whole area. And black people are saying like this here, when black businesses were there, you should have supported them. You have a you have an opportunity to do things, but you sit here and forfeit it, hoping for something better, thinking the grass was green on the other side. Hmm. You keep thinking, you keep believing in that in this political process you want to. It ain't gonna happen for you. It ain't. Another story I wanted to bring to your attention. This just ties right on in to something different, but this is, ties right into the second wave that you heard me mention on this podcast. Uh, this was yesterday, I think, out of a uh, some magazine, The New Yorker or something. Something. I uh, I got a. I have that also on my Twitter, Facebook. Page, go look it up. It's so much stuff that I tweet and put on there and Facebook and all this. Some of these I just constantly put it out because I want you to go and look it. And these are offbeat stories that you do not hear in the mainstream media unless it's something that's capturing or something or something of that nature. But these are stories that just fly under the radar. But this particular story came out of North Carolina, uh, I think Greensboro, or something like that. And uh these two white boys, over the Thanksgiving holiday, went on a racist rant. And they was saying, lynch them. And you nobody know who they talking about lynching, they talking about us. saying lynch them all, lynch all the niggas. And they, and they went on for like a good, what, 45 minutes, ranting, talking about they tired of niggas. Nigga, nigga, this nigga came up to me, I knocked the shit out this nigga. One of them even put out a challenge. So for people who know this, this clown, go and visit his ass. He said any nigga come up in his face, he going to beat the shit out of him, end quote. Go find that fool. Go on my Facebook page. Go on my Twitter page and look up that thing are Googling. And this dude went on a racist rant. Him and his boy, both of them up there shirtless talking about what they going to do to black people and saying that black folks need to be lynched. You tell me, people, this. Do we have any other choice but to try to prepare for what's coming? This is part of the second wave. The second wave is coming. Sooner them fools get tired of them clowns down at the border, they're going to turn their attention back onto us. And this is it right here. Uh, Another story that came to mind uh, something similar to that. Um it, it kind of slipped my mind, but I wanted to stay on this thing here. But yeah. This is what's come on. This is the youth. Young white people feeling this. Young white people. And then oh yeah, that's another story coming the other story just popped in my mind, people. Uh, I came across this story about this other this African chick saying that African Americans are not really African. So we're going back to this crap again. So you see the the the, the confusion black people that what we have to deal with. You got folks over there, not all Africans, so I'm not going to sit there and say I don't know, but I know a, a great amount of Africans. I even ran across some of them that sit there and told me that I wasn't African. I was something else. Sorry, they just told me, to say your skin may be black, but you're over here. But this chick was basically sitting up here saying that, Racism, or not racism, but slavery was good. If it wasn't for slavery, we wouldn't uh, have any benefit. Now, this is a African chick saying similar stupid colonized racist crap here, right, people? And I'm sitting here listening to this thing. That's also on my Twitter account. But go look, it's on YouTube. And i like, damn, man, this is some foolery. This is nonsense. You already have, <laughs> you already got white supremacists here Trying saying that they, you know, you know, hang them and lynch them here. Then you got people overseas who we think are our brothers and sisters, telling us not all of them. again, because I don't know, I haven't taken a poll. But this chick particular, and in my own personal experience, people I've heard this saying that you're not African. That's it. Are you a mixed breed? Are you a mixed uh, thing of Africa? Because you may have uh, South African with such such such, whatever, but you're not Africans, you're over here. I heard that told to my face by Africans and and so hey, it is what it is, people. as I said again, we here in America, the black people been here in America, look, we have been the whooping board from here to all around the world, and we need to stop this and stop it right now. And really, we really start looking towards ourselves and hunkering down, getting our shit together. And Like I said again in that report that I had mentioned earlier, that our wealth gap is also a factor into it. There was also a report last year that stated that it will take 260 years for black people to catch up with white people, wealth-wise. In this report, I I forgot to mention that it, our homes are so devalued, it's under devalued by hundred and fifty billion dollars. That's a lot of money, people. That's a lot of money. We use that money out of our own pocket just to get certain access to certain services. Now we don't. That's why we don't ever see it. You hear that saying that we always say we're a trillion dollar nation. Technically, we are. But we spend so much, but then we don't really see it? Or we spend it on garbage, and then we some of us spend it on stuff like living needs or medical expenses, certain things that happen. So is now again that report? I say go look at it and read it. I'm gonna do it the same. But yeah, that thing about that racist rant. This part of the first, this is part of the end of the first wave going into the second wave. Mike Epps, losing his Senate theme in Mississippi, they already showed you the racism is going, ending the first wave, people, going into the second wave. Black people, I'm, I'm saying this from the bottom of my heart to you. You need to start preparing and start getting your household in order. You need to stop being foolish. Stop walking around here shucking and jiving. And, and just want to be entertained. Because these signs are here. These warnings are here. And all of us ain't going to be rich, people. Let's just be honest. We All of us ain't going to be rich. We all ain't going to be famous. But that doesn't mean we all got to be turning to meat. We all have to be grind up. And a lot of us are going to get grind up. Because we're sitting here doing so much stupid stuff. I also wanted to talk about that dude, that missionary dude. Now, I was going to do a piece on it, but I'm going to throw that right on in here too as a as a freebie. That dude got what he deserved. And he went over there thinking he was going to Christianize these, these natives. And they showed him what time it was. And this dude was warned not to go over there. You warned not to go in there. Now I'm going to do this. Cause I I I I I I got this and I can go over there. Cause I'm white. They chopped that fool up, and left his body. there. you know they still trying to get that dude's body. Then if if the local authorities don't go over there, what makes you think <laughs> your ass is gonna go in there? You got what you deserve, and you and you des- you deserve it. And many more gonna go. There. You know what? That that young dude who put up that racist rant on you, on Facebook, he need to be taken and dropped over there. See how he survived. They'll probably, they'll eat him alive as soon as his butt before he even touched the ground. They'll <laughs> ass gone. Like piranha. Gone. See so you talking mess because you're in a safe area. But yeah, drop his ass over there. He, he want a challenge? <laughs> that's a challenge for his ass. He won't survive. But that's just my opinion. And that's my take on it. You can't Do that. But white folks think they can go anywhere they want to and see there's no repercussions. That's just like that damn dude that came out of China who died, got his ass whooped and came back over here and died right here. Got what you deserve. And you're going to keep on doing stupid stuff and it's going to keep happening to you. And rightfully so, good. But for my family, my black family, I'm telling you, You know, parafields. That's it. The second wave is coming. It's already in effect, just like in the Mississippi race. They knew this chick was racist. They sat there and said, the, "The chick said that they know in their heart what I was. I, I was for. They knew. They knew I was for Mississippi. Yeah. That said, yeah, we know that she called him a nigga, but yeah, uh, we know that you know she she probably hung a couple niggas, but eh.'" You know, she'd be a good representative for us. See? when y'all gonna get tired of being the the doormat for this bullcrap. Take the resources and things that you have, people. Start doing. Start doing. Like I said, this report from uh, Andrew Perry and stuff, it is a good, insightful report. I haven't read it. I listened to the interview. Take it to heed, people. I mean, you're getting warnings to yourself you got stuff hold on to it don't give it away stop giving shit away stop sitting here hoping for something better because you know what black folks remind me of the dog in the bone mentality i remember when i was little and my mom used to sit there and i you know she said you know you got the dog and bone mentality and i like what the hell is this dog in the bone because you know what the hell you talking about anyway and I asked, I said, "Mom, what you mean I have a dog and a bone mentality? She said, baby, you know, let me tell you, the dog has a bone, right? Uh, you know dogs like bone. Yeah, she broke it down. Yeah, dogs like bones. She said, okay, the dog, there's a little dog, he goes to the pond or he goes to a scene where it's a river, behind, uh, a sitting river or a creek. He's high up. And from high up, he sees his reflection. And so he's thinking he's seeing a bigger dog, not knowing he's seeing his own foolish self. So he drops his bone and try to go get the bigger dog's bone, thinking, well, he's not doing nothing with it. He jumps off the cliff and killed himself. And I'm like, damn, that's what that is? Like, yeah. And basically she was saying, baby, you're not appreciative of what you have. You're looking at a reflection of yourself, and it's just been magnified. But you're going to drop what you have, to try to get something that's a reflection of you, a mirage. It's not real. But your bone you had or what you had was real, but you gave it up. So you're going to work hard for something that's not yours. And then you're going to lose it all. And black people, have we done that? Have we not worked hard to do that? And I disagree with one particular thing that Mr. Perry said in his interview of saying about is about bringing it up with women. It's all of it. It's all of it. This is the destruction of the black civilization here in America because we do not appreciate what we have. We do not keep what we have. When someone passes it along to us, we fuck it up just point blank because we think we're going to get something better. You know, again, I've been through some hardships in my life, and that's why I can appreciate certain things that I get my hands on. I see a lot of people who have, you know, plenty, and but they fuck it up too because somebody's flipping the bill for them. They paying for it. But see, ain't nobody coming to pay my stuff. If I tear up something, I got to wait because I ain't got the money to go get it. Or I have to just hell with it. Or they might not even have it anymore because certain things you can't purchase every day because they're unique and a lot of things about that uniqueness is a lot of things about the black community our thing is unique that neighborhood that I grew up in was unique it's not there anymore they have lit a whole bunch of monsters in there the people who I saw took care of their lawns they cared for one another some of them Intermarried one another. Hell, I got cousins Stroll. I didn't even know I had cousins on the other side of the street until someone said, You know, we related. What? Then no, I had to go back home and tell them, ask them Hey, so and so said they were related. Yep. they would be around in a minute. What? I see this person every day. Yeah, they related. That is gone. And now it's only memories. And sooner, sooner, if not later, A lot of us ain't going to be here even. I ain't talking about just because of old age. It's going to be because of our own foolishness. Because we say here now we want to be Europeanized. We want to be white. We want to bleach our skin. We want to do all the foolish things that it is because, again, white people have promoted it and said, okay, this is what we want black folks to do, and we bit into it. But all the people say, no, don't do that. Don't do that. It's not good. They have been drowned out, pushed away, or locked away in a Salem asylum somewhere, and called crazy. And now we got these clowns, these gremlins, running around here, the Pookie Ray Ray babies and Shaquita babies, running around here doing all the terrorizing, doing this stuff here. Not taking care of business. Not being entrepreneurs. Not taking care of our elderly, or taking care of our family, not being responsible, hey, you break it, replace it. You you heard that saying? You break it, replace it. You don't do that. Folks break shit, man, fuck it. That's on you. What? Yeah, you heard me. You know, you don't have those things, and you don't have those moral guidelines anymore in the black community too much. It's, It's either be or not to be. Be the best ass or be not the best ass. That's how it is. So, people, I I leave you on that note. And as I said again, that report is the devaluation of the black neighborhoods by Andrew Perry at the Bookman's Institute for Metropolitan Policy Program. And think about what I said about what I said about Mike Apps losing his recap his ring count of thing for the Senate. Think about all these black candidates. And not and not to mention, I think the dude in Michigan who was running for the uh, Senate, black dude who was in the service, he lost too. Black people, they don't want you. They don't want you anymore. And the only thing they wanted you is for a feeling. And now you feel used. and you figure, well, maybe if I dust myself off and pile myself up, I could reinvent myself, and they might want me again. No, they basically got most of everything they want out of us. Now all they want now is their bloodthirst, and they're getting ready for that. Because like that little young piece of scumbag white trash out of North Carolina said, I'll fight any nigga." They're ready for that. They're ready for that. Don't be fooled. They're getting ready to come fight any nigga. Any black person they see. That's part of the second wave. So with that, people, I'm out. I'm your host, Q, the War Machine. Please, like I said, pick up that report. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Um, Come on back for another episode, man. You know, this was a hot one. Y'all take it easy. I'm out. This was The War Machine. Real talk with Mr. Q. Don't forget to join us next time.